Alright! What's up everyone? I'm Amanda. And I'm Zach, and this is the A to Z Exchange. A weekly podcast where we talk about creative and cultural topics. Boom. Yeah, that's it. And this week we have our friend Kristen on. She's a musician, filmmaker, person. Locally to, well, kind of transplanted to Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Transplant. I'm a transplant. Which yeah. makes you the ultimate Nashvillian. Oh, yeah. As well. Yeah. Cool. Um, and we also should say it now. Oh. As we can see, we're at NOSI College of Art filming here. Uh, yep. We owe a big shout out to those guys helping us put this podcast on every week. They allow us to use some of their equipment and... The space. The space. And that's 90% of the game. And sometimes we interview students from NOSI. So... Uh, thank you so much, Nosy. And if you're interested in any creative careers or creative field work, go to nosy.edu to check that out. Yep. I think that works. Yep. We're, we're not good at adverts. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, cool. So you can take it away, Kristen. Who are you? Uh, my name is Kristen Grice. I'm a filmmaker and a musician and a uh, novelist as well. So that's, I guess that's basic. I'm, I'm from Ohio. I am a Nashville transplant. Uh, I went to school in uh, Florida for four years to study film, and then that's kind of how I got into the music scene. So that's pretty much my origin. <laughs> oh, cool. what, what school did you go to? I went to Full Sail University. Oh, okay. yeah. oh nice. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. How Which, was that? Um, um, you know, it's one of those schools that has a lot of mixed reviews, but I've had an amazing experience going to Full Sail because the teachers were more like friends. Mm -hmm. They were industry professionals that that came and you got to actually you know shoot on real life sets you got to build the sets you got to go on location and yeah. shoot so instead of just being confined to a classroom you get authentic filming experience rather mm -hmm. than just sitting in lecture for four hours and talking about technical stuff right i'm one of those people that is kinesthetic so i need to get my hands on the gear i feel you yeah to memorize everything yeah so it was one of my favorite <laughs> experiences being down there for about two years for my bachelor's and uh, Orlando is also a really cool city and there's more to it than Disney and Universal <laughs> it, it is like known for being a tourist trap but there's just so much cool culture down there and a lot of cool festivals to go to and great food for sure so it's it's the city too that kind of makes the experience um, really worthwhile not just the school itself and the school's actually cool because it's uh, built in a sh old shopping mall. It's not mm -hmm. like a conventional oh, university. Yeah. Somebody bought one of those big shopping plazas and just put it there. Interesting. Yeah. That's how, that's cool how NOSI see. was originally. Oh, it was in yeah. a small it was shopping. Like separated, though. It was yeah. like three different places. Mm -hmm. But that was <laughs> years ago. Time, that, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't in my <laughs> time here. Um, but anyways, oh. you, moved, you, left, you got out of film school, and like, then yeah. you, did you come move straight to Nashville? No, I spent about uh, maybe two more years in Orlando. I got my master's in entertainment business, and that was like a year of that. But I did it uh, online, which I, I do regret because there's nothing like sitting in a classroom and meeting people. Right, but I also yeah. was managing mm -hmm. uh, two other bands down there that I took on, an alternative pop rock band and then a 70s disco funk band hey and wow. those guys are amazing <laughs> their name is raspberry pie you should check them out i have they're so cool really yeah i've seen their stuff on the youtubes that's oh wow <laughs> that's so good they just released a music video for their single uh nerdy talk where they uh, shot at tampa bay comic-con and they're just okay 
some of the most humble artists I've, I've had the fortune, you know, working with yeah. and, and managing. So that was a great experience uh, after college when I was in Orlando for a year because it was a different environment because I was used to film. And so managing bands cool. is an entirely separate thing. Yeah. But it, it taught me a lot about Managing, my career and got managing me yourself to too, yeah, yeah and not organized. Is that how you transitioned into doing your own music though? Or how'd, how'd that happen? I got my first guitar from my grandfather when I was 14 years old. I started writing music basically then. I was terrible at it because I was 14 and I sounded like <laughs> really nasally. And these were like three, three chord progression songs that were just like awful. I have them, my demos. I have my demos of when I was 14 and I listened to them thinking, thank God I transitioned right. away from that. But you had nasally and three chords. Pretty much. That's everything only, you needed to be a pop star. Yep. I only needed three chords, Man. but I wanted more. <laughs> you wanted more chords? <laughs> I didn't grow up Let's in... Let's not get started on T-Swift. Like. Uh, wanted more than three chords. I wanted more. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody told me once that, you know, jazz musicians will know like 3,000 different chords and play to an audience of three people. But, you know, a rock band will play three chords and play to an audience of 3,000 people. But know? not Tool. But not Tool. They're the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I wasn't around tools. music in my hometown in Ohio. Mm -hmm. I uh, moved to Orlando for film school and I was invited to this coffee shop for an open mic night. And I only went to the coffee shop because it happened to have the same name of a character in a book. It was her hometown. Hmm. So the coffee shop happened to have the same name. So I thought this could be my new home too. It's like a little John Green-ism. I feel like that's something that would happen it in a John fitting. Green book. Yeah. I, I met the owner and she invited me and said, do you play? And I said, yeah, not well. And she's like, you should sign up. And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> but I did play and I was also terrible. The first few open mic nights I played to four people and the biggest audience I've officially played to now is about 500 people. Oh, right that's on, good. At a, uh, a showcase. And it was uh, at a place called the Ice Bar in Orlando and it, it was a bar of ice. Yes, it was like the, it looked like a, you were in the polar caps or something. It was an interesting bar. We were outside though. We weren't in the- Is it like freezing in there? Like, like is it just the, continually melting? No, the, it, it is. It's, you have to wear winter jackets to get okay, to, okay. to the bar, but part of the bar is also not covered in ice. Oh, okay. So if I was wondering if it was like, a, you know, most bars will close at two and three in the morning. This bar closes when the bar disappears. <laughs> when it melts <laughs> when, away. Yeah. Once you have to get flood insurance, that's when the show <laughs> shuts down. It was a really cool experience. Uh, and I was nervous and it was probably one of the first shows I actually had a full band without mm -hmm. the drummer, more of a person playing a djembe. Yeah. But it was a bit of a fuller piece than I was used to because I had been playing alone. Mm -hmm. So Orlando was what shaped me as a musician, open mic scenes, uh, working with other musicians. I had a musician friend who was part of this really cool band called Hotel Hurry. In fact, uh, my case has the uh, band sticker underneath the ninja sticker. It's uh, them chasing each other for their music video, uh, which they actually did in the music video. Okay. But they took cool. me under their wing and they booked me at festivals. They mentored me and that's how I became a better musician was through collaboration and co-writing and uh, learning from other people because that's how you grow. That's the best way to become a better musician. And now I moved to Nashville into the music scene here. 
which is what a how, lot of people do. How as, different is that from Orlando? Very different. Yeah. Very. Are there more boots or are there less boots? <laughs> Definitely more boots. In terms of measurements, you got to. If yeah. you're talking about like cow. Cowboy boots, definitely a lot more of those. What about white boots and, and these boots? I don't know if those are considered. Yeah, my little surprisingly, <laughs> surprisingly, there were a few people who wore those down in Orlando, but my they're retro more indie, yeah. indie artists. Okay. How, that's what, because you do, how would you describe your music genre-wise? First, uh, started off acoustic pop. Okay. So songs that are really catchy mm -hmm. uh, now, after you get past the growth stage and you start learning from other artists, you become wanting to change your style and you don't want to pigeonhole yourself. So I classify myself as a singer-songwriter because I am a singer and I'm a songwriter with blues, rock, pop, and indie. So I don't want any of my music to be pigeonholed because you want everyone to listen to it. Yeah. Interesting. I just recently started writing a country song with a pop, uh, country pop duo. So that's an entirely different atmosphere. For a real, me. a real country song or a pop country song. Well, she said a pop country, country pop duo. So. Oh, she did. You're right. You're pop, right. Pop you know, country. Never mind. Whatever it Invalid turns into. question. <laughs> because they're more pop country, and I come up here. You do co-writes with other artists, and they don't always, you know. I mean, of course, you don't want them to. They have different genres, so you work with them, and you create something that you love, and then something that they love, and it turns into. Uh, a collision of good genres. It works. Uh, all, I mean, so far I haven't had a bad co-writing experience, but I know some people have. They don't always work together well, but that's yeah. something you're going to find here. I find that they so interesting. That in everything, though. I just find the co-writing experience in the music industry to be so fascinating to me because it's like, you know, we're in the film, video, whatever this is considered bubble. So like the way we look at things is we go, oh yeah, we should we should make something together. We should you know, I'll direct and write and you can help me as a, as a crew member or vice versa or, yeah. you know, let's both write this and then I'll direct it or whatever the, the logistics are. But for some reason, I see artists and, and musicians all the time be like, let's just, let's just write a song together. <laughs> and there's something so weird and magical about that. It's like you guys do it just like you'd go get coffee. At least that's what I've noticed up here. People yeah. are just like, let's go write together. Like, Tuesday? How's Tuesday? You want to write together? <laughs> I wish it was that easy. You're uh, scheduling. I've, I've had to schedule a co-write uh, three times because of jobs. Uh, right, getting yeah. Getting sick or, you know, stuff comes up. So it's, I wish it was like, let's go get coffee and write tomorrow. And it, it's more like we got to work around this, this, and this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that but it's worth it when you find the the right collaborators you know you put in the effort they're worth rescheduling for and i've met a lot of incredible artists up here uh for the past year so i definitely am always worth you know putting in the time with them because i i love working with half the people i've met I haven't had a bad experience with a single co-write so far well that's good right on knock 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 is there any like um a genre or style or whatever you haven't tried before you want to try in the future or anything like that? I've done one song that was very bluesy, but I want to talk about like Memphis style blues, like oh, okay. real oh, okay. authentic jam session style because I've been going to these uh, open jams not all of them are considered open jams. Some people treat it like it's a show. How does an open jam work? Open jams are usually there's a, a skeleton band, if you will, a band that already has played together. So they mm -hmm. form some kind of platform for mm -hmm. you and then you 
hop in there with an instrument and you just go. Oh. And then people okay. come in and out of it with, you know, whether they want to play the guitar or a different drummer wants to go up there. Uh, sometimes you play covers. Other times you just start some kind of melody and you all kind of just follow build each on other. It. Oh, that sounds very jazzy. Very That's jazzy. Cool, yeah. yeah. Which was very popular in Orlando. And jazz is definitely another genre because I met so many jazz bands down in Orlando. And so saxophone players, uh, trumpets, all them, they're really cool bands. And so putting that into my music would be mm -hmm. so much fun. But that's also because I have looked up to uh, the Hanson Brothers, recent, like their mm -hmm. newer stuff, not mm -hmm. Mbop. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about <laughs> Mbop. Their album Shouted Out. How did we get here? <laughs> but I, I was born in 91, so I am a fan of 90s music. I mean, Goo Goo yeah, Dolls, Lifehouse. Mbop was a jam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But I talk about their newer stuff. They're coming out with uh, something called String Theory, and that's with a full orchestra behind oh, I've their heard music. of that, yeah. And so when they constantly transform their, their music like that, I would love to work with them mm -hmm. because their mind just, it, it blows me away what they can do with their music as they get older yeah. and still sound fabulous. Yeah. Because a lot of bands from the past try to either blend in with modern music or they try to just stick to their old stuff and that's great because that's the reason I still love Goo Goo Dolls and Lifehouse because they're still kind of like them you know but Hanson is the one band I know that I want to work with and try and imitate in my music because they grow and they do it with finesse yeah you just it's a that's a scary slope though from what I've, I've noticed in terms of the fan bases yeah. As a person, that I, I think it's great that when artists grow and expand and change, because you should. I mean, there's no reason as to why you should be playing, in my opinion, touch my mic, in my opinion, <laughs> know. you know, uh, we know. <laughs> there's, no, there's, no, there's no reason why you should just play the same old songs forever. You know, as you change as a person, your art, your expression needs to change with it. So you should grow and develop your music. But I've noticed, particularly, I'll give an example of like Weezer. When Re Weezer released Ratitude in like 2008 or 9, whenever that album came out, it was more of a pop album, but it still had the heart of Weezer, but way more poppy. And the is fans. Is that the one with Beverly Hills on it? No, no, no. That was uh, Make Believe. <laughs> That's always the first song. Or was that, that Green? That was either Green or Make Believe. Oh, okay. But it, it Ratitude, most people don't listen to Ratitude because it's so poppy. But that's kind of <laughs> the charm of it. It's like they showed that they could do pop because pop's pretty straightforward and honestly not much different from Weezer to begin yeah. with. Weezers aren't complicated songwriters mm -mm. but massive backlash for years because of that because they were like no this isn't Weezer but then when they released a couple more albums that sounded like their first two albums 25 years later the fans myself included jumped on board yeah you know it just kind of it was weird one band that I like I mean because um, I'm a Maroon 5 fan but ever since songs about Jane like that is still one of my favorite albums. It's such a good album, but all the rest of their stuff ever since then, it's just been like some of it's okay, mainstream. but yeah, it's like mainstream and super poppy and it's it's pretty different from songs about Jane, but that people, one wasn't mainstream at the time. I, <laughs> I thought that was really mainstream. Well, at the time for sure. Out, out the gate, they were they were like mm -hmm. hit so the masses. Was, their first album, album didn't even sell. It, it was songs about Jane that them, you was know, their second the album, yeah, right? Was it second? Yeah, it oh, took them okay. their second album to get there, and that's the case for some artists who start off. Like Backstreet Boys had something before, mm -hmm. you know, their second one. It wasn't even released in the U.S., I think. Well, before they were the Backstreet Boys, they were the, the uptown kids. Mm. That's a joke. 
Which they actually I didn't know if that came across. Re- I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> they did release their new single, and that's definitely an adaptation of uh, their old stuff, but they massively uh, blended it into today's music as well. So they did that effortlessly as well. It's called Don't Go Breaking My Heart. That came out last year? Uh, earlier this year. Actually. Earlier? Um, May. Okay. It, really? It's, it's only been that long? Mm. Wow. I, have, I, don't I follow them on Instagram, so I always keep up with the Backstreet so Boys. You, I was from the 90s. Okay? You are a valid source. I, hmm. I have multiple genres in my Spotify playlist. Like I, oh, yeah. I can't restrict myself. If I do, I won't become a better artist. What's your favorite genre to listen to? Not perform, not play, not write, but listen right. to. Listen to? Um, the first artist, I'm going to say artist instead. That comes to mind because that sure. way that, that defines fine. what I listen to. Um, Jason Mraz. Oh yeah, Mr. Good. A to Z. <laughs> not, not. Uh, I won't give up. I love that song, but I prefer the Remedy or Wordplay oh, yeah, yeah. or Curbside Prophet, because one of the first songs I wrote in Orlando was based off of Curbside Prophet. Oh, cool. I like his fast singing, and mm-hmm. I used to sing that all the time because it helped train my fast songwriting yeah. when I used to do too many words. Your muscles. It helped your muscles. Is that the way to look? <laughs> Your muscles, your sure. mouth muscles. Uh, it, it almost sounds like a, a nursery rhyme or like quick freestyle rap. It, it's something I used to, to do when I first started writing was write real quick songs and a lot yeah. of wordiness, uh, just like Mariah started off. And uh, now it's spread it out, you know, let it breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Stop saying too oh, many no, words in one verse. There's something about trying to rap, though. I love doing that. Well, now, now <laughs> rap is all triplet based. It's all the same bar. Like the mm. trap game, it's just da 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 da. Same yeah. thing, over and over again. Yeah, it's like a little alarm on a police car. Da 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 da. Just mm-hmm. and that transitions changes. to every song. You hear something, it's like, well, that was a sample I heard in this one too, and that was a sample I heard in this one too. Yeah. If they're actually and sampling. And everybody starts suing each other. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's war. Go. And then they rap about it. Yep. <laughs> Circle of music life. Right, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That's why, no. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about, you said you started in initially playing in Orlando, right? Professionally, I'd want okay. to say that's where I started off, yeah. And then you're from Ohio. Mm-hmm. So when I think of those two music scenes in particular, <laughs> right, okay, maybe you know where I'm going. I'm already going. laughing. You already know where I'm going. Ohio, <laughs> Ohio, I get emo music, real emo music where it's acoustic. And it's weird. And it's mathy. Like real emo music, not pop emo, punk emo. Not that stuff, but you get real emo stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to Florida, I get a lot of uh, punk punk vibes from every band that comes out of there for some reason. You almost have neither of those. What happened? <laughs> how, well, did you es- how did you escape the stereotype? From, from being surrounded by those environments, it was weird. It was almost like I... I'm attracted to individuals who stand out. So it's like I seek, seek them out or they seek me out. Uh, I used to book my own events and I would attend all these mm-hmm. open mics in Orlando because the music scene, when you say Ohio, my dad lived in Dayton and around just like a, a, a few you know hours or so outside of Cincinnati. I wouldn't frequent there because I lived in a small town called St. Mary's where we had like one coffee shop and it closed down. Oh, okay, okay. And so you I, were kind of out of it. Yeah. Gotcha. So for us, it was Podunk Town, so it was country music heaven and people who drove their tractors. 
Down on the, the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, music-wise, I didn't have the, the emo scene oh, okay. in hey. Ohio. But I know <laughs> what you're talking about. But I, because Cleveland, Ohio, with like the shop there, I think it's called The Grog or something like that. That is really well known for its music scene there. But I didn't travel enough, so I didn't grow as an artist. I, that's why I wrote those three chord pop songs. I just It's because of what I grew up listening to. Yeah. Uh, 90s music, Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls. But um, in Orlando, it was, for me, it was um, going to that coffee shop and right. then meeting these artists who go up to the open mic scene. And I've met this folk artist. I met, I did meet screamo bassist players who just would go up there and play their bass really loudly. Alone, <laughs> by themselves, and yes, scream. No bad, just them. That bass, is the most scream, artistic yeah. thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but I had these, uh, ethereal uh, musicians too would go up and do all this experimental stuff and mm -hmm. so that was always cool and then I met the jazz musicians because there were jazz nights uh, every Wednesday at this coffee shop if it weren't for this coffee shop I wouldn't have met an expansive amount of musicians because it, it wasn't restricted to the punk scene because mm -hmm. it just so happens that I'm not going to find a punk artist at a coffee shop. I'm more likely no, to find you them. don't. You, those are the last people you want to yeah. give coffee to. They have enough <laughs> adrenaline on their own. We're going to stereotype some punks. Yeah. Alternative, uh, alternative bands would show up there and that was yeah. cool from time to time as well. But it was just, if it weren't for that platform, I don't think I would, I think I would have transitioned into punk or something. Else. Right. But thankfully I, you know, I had the, blessing of being surrounded by artists that were so uh, authentic. And I'm not saying punk isn't, just more- Pop um, punk isn't. Pop, pop, are we, wait, what are we talking about? Pop, 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 what are we doing? Like Dirty Little Secret by All American Rejects? Is that what we're talking about? I wouldn't consider that pop punk at what all. What would you consider that? I would consider- Romance. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what they are. <laughs> They're not pop punk. I guess. Emo means something. Come the, on. The albums. I'm trying to think of one of those bands from one of those pop punk albums. Sorry um, to anyone when I just said all American rejects were pop punk. I should know better. What was I it? Oh, Captain. Oh, Captain, my Captain. There was one like that. Um, a day to remember. A lot of their stuff's oh, kind of pop go. punky. Just that vibe. I get a lot of that from Florida. Whereas, like, another band I really enjoy, like, Against Me. I think they were from Ocala, Florida as well. And that's punk like there was real energy real emotion a purpose it wasn't just playing a heavier quicker tone but then still pop, <laughs> pop lyrics and pop storylines i'm surprised you didn't say beach music but then again i get that more from california Jack than Johnson. from florida i can take some beach music i like desert music desert music's where it's at man desert music? like king tough like his new album's desert music i've never heard of desert music i oh, didn't okay. even know that this was a genre um well it could be my own label i do get in trouble with that a lot so. But that like sound. Burning Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> burning Man music. Don't hate on Burning Man. I used man. to live down the street from uh, EDC, which was Electric Daisy Carnival, and that was always fun when that Ooh, would come around. Yeah. They obviously only once a year, but when it was there, you know, you could hear it easily. We should get steam steam powered giraffe on this show. I'd like to have them on. I don't know who that is. I think they're from Florida as well. I'm not sure. I've never. But heard is of that them. what you just said? Is that like an EDM thing? What you just said? Electric Daisy Carnival? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's EDM. It's, it's trap EDM's music. getting big now, I though, like in EDM. terms of how many subgenres are in it. Yeah. It Lots is my, of, I love listening to EDM. Like, how do you even classify EDM these days? How would you class? How would you classify EDM if you had to describe it to me? I You're mean, on the spot now, Mr. Cavanaugh. Whoops. Hold on. 
a lot of uh, <sighs> electronic of beats. I don't know. A lot Just, of electronic beats. Okay. What about you, Kristen? Of, there's not a lot of vocals in <laughs> it. Electronic beats. How would you describe EDM music? And the ones that I listen to don't have a lot of vocals in them. It's just like music, like beats and stuff. Okay. A lot of the stuff that I've been listening to now uh, in EDM, I want to say like I've been enjoying some electronic meets like old-fashioned 80s synth pop. Yeah. Not like, some very aesthetic stuff. That's getting big with the said, with sub, the vaporwave movement. Yeah. Subgenres, and that's the beautiful thing yeah. about music is everything's like artistically meshing, and that's or coming together, and that's kind of cool what you can do with music in that way. Yeah. Some things shouldn't be pulled off, but some things can be. It's happening with with film, with video. It's that's vaporwave is where we are now for probably the next couple of years trend-wise. I think it's happening with graphic design too. And I mean, I know this because I got a few video projects I'm planning that are totally like vaporwave inspired. <laughs> and it's just, it's where we are. So I wonder what the next trend is in terms of like, that's gonna hit all forms of art. Because mm -hmm. the vaporwave movement's like, we all have access to the internet. We have access to so many types of things, so many subgenres of any content. Mm -hmm. Now we're mixing those subgenres that typically don't go together because that's the experiment. So like, what's, what's next? What's the frontier? That's my Nothing. question. There's no frontier. <laughs> well, <laughs> Just we have Armageddon. to keep creativity going in order for that to, you know, to, for people to continue expressing themselves and find new ways to make it amazing and transforming. And that won't be possible if, you know, we kill creativity. I'm and like, I know that sounds serious, but so that's the truth. So we need art in schools. So art education. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's very important. Yes, it is. I'm very yeah. yes, art in schools. <laughs> um, you said when you sat down though that you published a book, so I'm interested to know about this. You're a published author. Yeah, I released two novels when I got out of high school. I didn't go to college I mean, you right told away. Me why. It's like a it wasn't it like a series. YA, yeah, yeah, YA genre. Um, I'm actually working on the rest of the franchise and re doing it from the ground up because I wrote those books when I was 16 years old. They only had three chords. Three chords, <laughs> right. three chord yeah. book. It was, it was a terrible, it was a cool experience because I published them at 19 and that's a really cool thing. But at the same time, you change so much as you grow up and yeah. my words, writing. Yeah, they're there for their, they're there forever. Well, the good news is they were self-published, so it's not like a major traditional ah, publisher. So ah, I can dodge that bullet and be ah. like, you'll never find them. <laughs> unless I tell you where they're at. <laughs> Which they're on Amazon, but I they're, don't want don't anyone worry, to don't. buy them. No, they're in the book section. <laughs> I, I still have my royalty check from the first time I ever sold it. And I don't, I mean, obviously I'm not going to cash it because it's only like two bucks, but it was just the idea that this happened. Yeah, you self-published a book. I mean, that's fantastic. And you got a check. <laughs> yeah, and you got paid. $2. Like, like even if it's nothing, and even, even if the book wasn't good, you did it. Yeah. You got it done. And like that's 90% is just doing it. And then you, then you refine and practice over time. So. Oh, yeah. And now there's just, I don't know if like you guys are this way with creativity, but there's so many ideas sitting in the computer and it's like. Oh, yeah. You work on one and then something else gets in there and that's kind of how I operate and I need mm -hmm. to shut my brain down and be like, I just got to work on one thing. Discipline yourself to work on one thing. Mm -hmm. Don't go over here. Don't go over here. 
which happens all too often. That happens, yeah. I like to put sticky notes on my wall <laughs> in my creative space that literally just say, don't go over here, and it has an arrow on it. Just to yeah. Well, mine, like, Sick similar to what you were saying is, so I've usually, well, previously worked in retail, like, that's what I did. <clears throat> so I had, like, a shit ton, oh, I'm not supposed to cuss. Uh, <laughs> we lost our sponsorship. Things on um, receipt <laughs> paper, like receipt tape paper, like just words or sentences or, like, thoughts that I would have from working, from meet some meeting somebody at work or whatever, just a whole stack of that stuff yeah and then like i'm real weird about buying journal books so i'll buy something write in it and then find a new one that i like and write in that one and <laughs> all over the place it just gets messy Me, all over yeah, the place yeah you, you have to organize it i like to take mine <laughs> now that i walk from work every day which is one of the coolest things i love it so much like yeah, i see a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah because for so long i was driving to work and now that i get to walk about 10 to 15 minutes every day like you know around three o'clock I find my my favorite thing is to just to watch what's going on and then tell them his stories. So, you know, I'm not going to break into that now. But it's that's how I remember him better is to, like, focus on telling the story. So I'm learning to tell a story instead of just, like, taking a note. Or else those notes and those little snippets pile up for me, too, and it just gets overwhelming. And I don't get anything done with it. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. we're all almost out of time. Oh, well... A couple. One other thing I wanted to ask you is, you kind of talked. Final question. You kind of discussed this a little bit, but well, there's a couple things actually. Um, mm -hmm. What I'll, I'll what, what inspires <laughs> you to? I mean, you kind of was talking about um, like just doing it and like the creative stuff you were talking about before. But what inspires you to keep going, or like what initially inspired you to get into music or uh, film, or both, or just music? Just, we'll yeah. talk about music. I'll condense it to music. Uh, at first, my grandfather, because he did get me the guitar, and the guitar is old, old, old guitar. And I was thrilled to have a form of expression because I was a bit of a quiet kid, um, unless I'm around my friends, then I'm rowdy and sarcastic. <laughs> but when I was home, I spent a lot of time in my, my room just kind of isolated because I loved creativity so much and I wanted to be part of that world so I would be inspired by small things. And then when I became more of a songwriter down in Orlando, I'm actually gonna say this open and honestly because the one thing I take pride in is vulnerability. What really helped my music uh, was uh, I suffer from severe depression and anxiety disorder. And I realized that I had a purpose and a story to tell, and I wanted my music to mean something more than just... I, one of the first songs I wrote was called It's All Right, It's Okay. Turns out in the end, it's a better day. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds so bubbly and make everybody happy. You and that's fine. On, you could put it on a sign on a wall. It's fine. Like People need to hear that stuff, but I wasn't being honest uh, when I first started writing. And that was the thing that made me realize I got to take my muse into a different, scarier journey because right. that's how you become a better and that's storyteller yours. and that's yours telling people it's going to be all right okay like that's not individually yours that's a feel-good line that anyone can say to anyone but going down that hole that's you yeah. so it's like you know yeah so it, it's it's going through something real that really became the muse because i i look at my old songs and think i'm so glad i went through this so that way i can help people yeah with my music mm -hmm. instead of be a cliche and 
write about things that don't matter. Yeah. And you need songs like that. I'm not criticizing any other artist that wants <laughs> to write that stuff. That's great. I feel like that's not really the artist. That's like the label. <laughs> uh, that's the board of writers that wrote for the artist. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna it's get the algorithm. I'm gonna get attacked or tortured. What about us pop artists, you snob? Writer, writer strike. Well, that probably reflects more on them than you. So. <laughs> but what, yeah. like, what advice could would you give to somebody who's getting started? Or uh, you push the biggest questions till the last, <laughs> you know, the last moment again. <laughs> if anyone wants to become a musician, write, even if it sucks. Just I do it. had a friend who wanted to start writing, and he was getting inside his head, and that's the biggest thing. I have, like you guys, so many songbooks at home, mm -hmm. and I've scratched out so many lyrics like, this is awful. Write it anyway, even if it's the dumbest line in the world, because the truth is, something great's going to come out of the mistake. Like, it's, my friend Kat, I interviewed her, and she compared it to this. I'm going to say the same, same thing, like, lightning strikes. There are going to be moments where it's like, this is perfect, it just came to me. And the other thing I'm going to say is live live your life do not even if you suffer from mental illness i thrive off of uh meeting people experiencing things going on nature hikes and even if you trap yourself in your room which i've done you know don't stay there mm -hmm. because the best stories that you can tell as a musician is when you've let all that in don't bury it you know if you want to cry cry if you want to scream and do a pillow if you want to punch something, not the wall or an animal, don't punch an animal. <laughs> but if you want to get something off your chest, do it in some way because greatness comes from failure, from, you know, experiencing the bad stuff because I've gotten to the good stuff. I've gotten to the good music that feels good, yeah. but I've also got the bad music too that, that hurts and hits home for me, but that's okay. That's okay. That's the beautiful thing about music, you know, experience it. Get into your emotions and become that artist. Don't block yourself in to what people to a box. want you to be. Yeah, just be you. Be human. Be vulnerable. Don't be scared of it. That's how you become a great musician. That's what I've learned. Boom. Well, cool. That's a closer. Yeah. That was a good closer. You've given like three good closers. I almost shut the show down five minutes in. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like good, let's good. go. We got it. We covered it. <laughs> But she cool. gave good ending lines in that, but I was like, I'm getting to something good. I know, you gave me like the, the bridge after the third verse like twice, and I was like, well, what are that we? one's it? That one's, no, that one's it. Downhill from here. Yeah. Cool. That was good. I guess let's pack up. I'm going home. Pack it up, yeah. I need a coffee. <laughs> yeah. My stomach keeps growling. Okay. This is what I always do. Do you want to do your plugs real quick? Oh, social media. <laughs> Nobody knows how to spell my name, but that's okay. <laughs> I have an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook, and it's Kristen Grice Music. Now I'm going to Kristen with an I, Grice with basically Rice with a G in front of it. Not Grace, not Grease. Believe me, it's happened. Grice. Kristen <laughs> cool. Grice Music. Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter is actually Kristen Grice 91, but that's because I couldn't fit music into the name for some reason. Weird. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter hit us with that one too. Let me feel yeah. you. It won't fit. Speaking of which, our Twitter. Is, yeah, is. I don't know. I don't use it. Um, <laughs> everything's just at the A to Z exchange. I'm pretty sure that's what it is on Twitter. Actually. I guess. I yeah. Does anyone use Twitter that much anymore? 
Um, okay. You do to outrage. You yeah. outrage Twitter. Yeah. 140 characters to over argue here. argue with people. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they upped it to like 240 or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, anyway, so our social media is every, um, everywhere. It's just at the A to Z exchange. So, yeah. But now we also have Kristen's going to do a song for us. So. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. I didn't know I was supposed to do that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought the case was just here. Look at the pretty art. <laughs> well, yeah, you're going you're gonna to play a song, and we're going to listen, and that's how it's going to be. And that'll be our wrap-up. That'll be our wrap-up. Yeah, I'll for play every, a song. For everyone that made it through without knowing what we were going to get into. Are you guys going to sit next to me, or are you going to disappear? Um, no, we're going to stay here, we'll and we're going to clap. You're going to clap? We're going to clap. <laughs> Feel the rhythm. We're going to tap our feet. Uh, yes. They put this case on the table. Uh, because I have all my musician friends uh, draw on this thing. I need a new case, but um, all my friends are with me no matter where I go. So if you see all this artwork on here, guys, it's because my musician friends are super cool and they uh, did all this for me. So right on. we should sign it before she leaves. Yeah, it's spectacular, like a cast. This is awesome. <laughs> this is our first live performance ever on the exchange. This is a big oh, moment. No. This is that life experience no you were talking about. No, you got it. <laughs> no pressure. She gave us a demo. She did great. All right. <laughs> okay, so the song I'm going to sing real quick is the new single that will be coming out soon. We're working on it. I'm hoping for a December release date because it's actually perfect for Christmas time. Uh, it's not a Christmas song, but it's perfect for that. <laughs> it was written uh, for a TV show theme song that I was working on writing the pilot for. And so sometimes when you get stuck in your head as a musician, you want to write about something else that has nothing to do with you. So. Yep people started to like this song. So it's called Northern Lights and uh... Oh, it's a Hanukkah song. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's what I wrote it about. <laughs> Here we go. leaves my body I'm out of sight with my ghost just behind me I wish I may I wish I might I wish I knew myself tonight I wish I may I wish I might I'm wishing on these northern lights hard is a stone cold like a winter storm I'm skin and bones Broken and bruised, shattered and torn. I wish I may, I wish I might. I wish I knew myself tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might. I'm wishing on these northern lights. The stranger from nowhere is smiling at me. He knows where I'm going, but no dawn on me. Been climbing up mountains, been swimming around streams, living in my nightmares, longing for my daydreams. The mind is a wanderer, losing sight. I'm out here searching for the light. I wish I may, I wish I might. I wish I knew myself tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might. I'm wishing on these northern lights. Well, the stranger from nowhere is smiling at me. He knows where I'm going, but no dawn on me. 
mountains, been swimming in the streets, living in my nightmares, longing for my daydreams. Dead in the night, my breath leaves my body. Hold tight, my heart bleeds, I'm ready. I wish I may, I wish I might. I'm wishing on these northern lights. The stranger from nowhere is smiling at me. He knows where I'm going, but hold on on me. Been climbing up mountains, been swimming on streets. Living in my nightmares, longing for my daydreams. That was great. That was the best Hanukkah song I've ever heard. Oh my God. Man. All right, that was awesome. That was great. Way to go. That's it. We did it. Good job, dude. High I made five. It High five. I made it through. You did great. That was wonderful. All right. All we'll right. see you guys we'll next, see you week. next week. Everybody. <laughs>